Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome, welcome to the Trampoline Hall podcast. I am your host, Misha Globerman. Trampoline Hall is a lecture series that takes place in a bar in Toronto. People give lectures on all kinds of subjects. Uh, there is one rule, unlike most lecture series, they cannot be professionally expert on the topic on which they are lecturing. Uh, after each lecture, we take questions from the audience. Uh, now let's get on to today's lecture. Uh, the title of the lecture is Da Vinci's Inquest, and the lecturer is Bridget Moser. Um, so I watch a lot of TV, uh, just a lot of TV. I've watched and, and do watch a lot of shows that are generally considered to be good shows, uh, like your, your Breaking Bad or your Mad Men or The Wire. You know, these shows you can generally go up to your peer group and talk about, and it's, like, cool and normal. Um, but then I, at the same time, I also I watch a lot of uh, what might be considered bad uh, shows, um, today, for example, I recorded the episode of Dr. Phil that was on, and I'm going to go home and watch that later, and I've never told anyone that I do that, but that's a thing that I do. Uh, I will watch every episode of The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. The episodes are two hours long, and <laughs> nothing really happens, and then some people leave. Uh, but I will, I will watch every episode and, and I enjoy it. Um, which is just to say that, you know, like I have a, I have a pretty large uh, sample group of TV shows to be working from because um, I watch like all of it. And, and so you might be thinking, oh, it's got to be difficult then to know what your favorite show would be. But that's absolutely not the case. Uh, the, the one sort of absolute truth in my life is, is uh, that I know what my favorite TV show is, and it's a TV show called uh, Da Vinci's Inquest, which ran on the CBC between the years of 1998 and 2005. Um, in 1998, I was 12 years old, and so I wasn't watching it when it was originally running because 12-year-olds are not really into uh, primetime CBC programming. Um, <laughs> I just wasn't. Uh, and, and so in my second year of university, I was living with three roommates. Uh, most of us were in school. One of us worked at a call center, so we all had you know, flexible schedules. Uh, and... 
at this time, you know, we'd wake up kind of late in the day, and uh, you know, and we'd find ourselves on the couch watching TV sometimes. And because we were, you know, uh, in school, we didn't have cable or anything, but we had a TV that got, uh, you know, reception through an antenna. So we got three channels. One of them was the CBC, and every day at one o'clock, they would play an episode of Da Vinci's Inquest in order. And so somehow we just stumbled upon it one day and maybe there was like some weird dialogue happening and then like this kind of funky uh, theme song plays at the end and probably at the beginning we were like, it's, uh, it's funny to watch this show because it seems kind of bad maybe. But then like inevitably it would be one o'clock and then we'd all just be sitting there and be like, oh, I guess we'll put the TV on and then we did and then we'd watch it and it just kind of kept going and eventually my roommate Ian was going to go tree planting for the summer and we were just like, he he wasn't going to be near a TV, he wasn't going to be near internet and so I was sort of like, well, yes, I will write a full synopsis of every episode and draw draw the relevant scenes and then I'll scan that and then I'll email it to you and then on the weekends you know you can check your email and you'll know like okay I'll be up to date for the next week if I see a TV um so this went on for a while until one day uh, we turn it on and it's one o'clock but the opening credits to wind at my back are playing and so it was just, I went uh, on, on the internet to see, like, okay, where did it go in the schedule? We'll just fix this. Uh, but it was gone. It was just gone. And so I wrote, I went to the contact page and wrote a strongly worded email. I was like, this is your show. People want to watch this show. They want to watch it at 1 o'clock. Um, and then... I did not get a response, so for a long time it just sort of, it it was around 2007 when this happened, and so uh, there weren't a lot of torrents of the show, because also it wasn't popular at all. Uh, It was, they released three seasons on DVD, but then they stopped because it was not profitable. Um, So it was sort of just like, it was gone, it was just gone from my life. Fine. Kept living. As one does. And uh, until uh, I, I eventually uh, moved in with my boyfriend at the time a few years later. He was in grad school for, uh, in, in cultural studies. And he was like, okay, we need cable. This is relevant to my studies. And I was like, oh, yes. So we got cable, which meant that the, the, the cable channels that, that played it uh, brought it back to me. Um, and, and so I would watch it when I got home from work because it would air at 6 o'clock on Bravo. Um, but if, if we get a little bit more up to date, I now, I now live in a house also with a sort of deluxe cable package uh, that includes Bravo Canada and FX Canada. Um, they both air the show. At, at 9 a.m., FX runs one episode and Bravo runs one episode. And so if you kind of flip back and forth, you can... <laughs> get what's going on in each episode and then at 10 Bravo airs another episode that's sort of the follow up to the one at 9 so if you missed a lot of it you can sort of catch up at 10 and you can get three episodes in two hours 
So I think I've seen I think I've seen every episode at least four times, as far as I know. Um, it's just it's a great show. Is is why? Uh, so if, but you might be wondering, okay, well, what's it about? Uh, that's that's reasonable. Uh, I think there's a lot that can be gleaned from the title. Uh, so we have Da Vinci's Inquest. Uh, so Dominic Da Vinci is a Vancouver City coroner. He, he's based on a real-life person named Larry Campbell, who was a police, of, well, uh, police officer, and then a member of the drug squad, and then a city coroner, and then the mayor of the city of Vancouver, and then now a senator. Um, but loosely based. Uh, and the character was also written for Nicholas Campbell, the phenomenal actor uh, who portrays him. Yes, top five Canadian actors all time, I will say. Um, and, and so as coroner, you know, it's his job to investigate the, the circumstances surrounding deaths, uh, be they homicide, suicide, accidental deaths, deaths that can be ruled acts of God, um, this kind of thing. And then at times to hold inquests uh, where circumstances demand to, you know, make recommendations to change policy to prevent future deaths of this nature, be that changing city ordinances for um, that, you know, would regulate the transportation of propane in a in a mixed industrial and residential area or or like uh, regulations that pertain to how uh, fishing equipment might be stored on smaller private fishing boats to prevent capsize and ultimately uh, tragedy. Um, And you might be hearing this and thinking like an hour about that is not something I want to watch. And sometimes I think that too when those episodes are starting, but... I still watch them all the way through, and I still am legitimately riveted uh, every time because uh, the, the writing, the acting, uh, the, the soundtrack are, are all incredibly nuanced and beautiful. Uh, I, I mean this, like, wholeheartedly. Um, so, so because it deals with, with these sorts of issues, uh, something that I think is also pretty particularly interesting about the show's history is that it was tackling huge, major uh, social issues that were happening at the time. Um, for example, uh, like the, if we want to talk about the case of the missing and murdered women of the downtown east side of Vancouver, um, media reports were fairly scarce for a long time at the beginning of that whole police investigation. And, and the first uh, newspaper report was published in 1998, and, and further reports didn't start happening until the year 2000. But the very first season of Da Vinci's Inquest, which wrapped production before that article was even published, had two storylines directly dealing with um, this kind of plot line and, and these kinds of social issues. Um, it was often concerned with Da Vinci's plight to establish uh, safe injection sites and, and sort of the, the hurdles one faces when trying to provide care for, for people who 
do not have access to adequate social services and support. Uh, also his plight to establish a red light zone to support sex workers and prevent uh, the, some of the horrible violence that they're much more susceptible to than, than, than other members of society. Um, and so you get these great moments where uh, these characters are sitting down and, and, and one will say, you know, it's really terrible that in the city of Vancouver, you know, we've, we've essentially uh, criminalized poverty. And then you'll get an, another scene right after for like four minutes straight where Da Vinci just eats chicken legs in a restaurant and is just like, this is my favorite food. Uh, <laughs> because the show will also just go off on tangents and let characters talk about nothing. But it's great. Uh, like, they'll talk about what kind of Latin dance they excel at. They'll talk about... Uh, like what kind of dog they might adopt or and then oh no got to get rid of the dog now and or they'll be like is there a polar bear that's haunting Stanley Park a, a polar bear ghost essentially that's haunting Stanley Park the conclusion is maybe um, which, but I mean, they actually get to talk about Stanley Park and places in Vancouver. Uh, Whereas in other sorts of films and TV shows that are, are often filmed in Vancouver, uh, the city has to be a stand-in for somewhere else. And if anyone who's ever spent time in Vancouver is watching one of those things, it can be really jarring to be like, no, that's not, a, that's not an alley in L.A. That's that alley next to Victory Square. Or like, that's not a Seattle high school. That's like a Vancouver high school. And like, and I made out with someone inside that high school. And don't you deny me my own history, Jessica Alba. And so what's great is, is they can call it as it is. And it, 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 it makes me feel relaxed, I guess. <laughs> and I can just enjoy it and not be like, well, that's not what you're pretending. Um, and, and maybe one sort of final uh, particular uh, thing about this show that I think isn't true maybe for a lot of other shows is that uh, actors are allowed to be several different people throughout the course of the show. So... There are about 286 credited actors who appear in two or more episodes. And of those 286, um, 184 have slash credits, meaning they appear as two or more names at some point in the series. Now, 20 to 30 of those are due to the fact that like, a character's position might change. They might go from a detective to a sergeant or uh, something like this. But that means there's still a significant number of people who are actually playing differently named uh, characters, including extremely prominent recurring roles. Um, my favorite being this actor named Hrothgar Matthews, which you're gonna recognize that name when it keeps coming up in the credits, first of all. He plays, in one season, um, a, a grieving father with a guilty conscience. 
in another episode, seasons later, he plays a schizophrenic man uh, suffering hallucinations who is killed by police, and there's got to be an inquest. Uh, in a, another episode, seasons later, uh, he plays a, a grieving husband whose wife has just committed suicide. And then for the final two seasons of the show and the spin-off show, Da Vinci's City Hall, he plays Charlie Klotchko, uh, assistant to police chief Bill Jacobs and sort of enemy of Dominic Da Vinci. Uh, that's four, that's four things for, surely there are other actors in Vancouver where there's a large business. But I, like, I like that. I love that about it. Um, anyways, last week Bravo changed their whole television schedule and, um, they don't play two episodes a day. They play zero episodes a day. So I think I'm going to have to write a strongly worded email and keep on living. Um, thank you. Bridget Moser, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to the Trampoline Hall Podcast. I'm Misha Goldman. Up next, the Q&A. That was a good. That was a good question because it helped us remember what was on TV in 1998. <laughs> um, yes, in the back of the room. Yes. Do you think that there are more inquests in Canada than any other country? Do you think there are more inquests in Canada than any other country? Is that why the show is inspired by the inquest, or is, is the country inspired by? Or do you think there are more inquests in Canada because of the show? Is your question. <laughs> so let's are take that apart. Are we a nation of inquests? Are we a nation of inquests? <laughs> I mean, in some ways. <laughs> well, I think, I think that maybe something that's interesting about it is that there are several sort of procedural uh, crime and punishment shows that exist, but our model is this one that's... I mean, not that this is the one Canadian model, but that this 
particular model is based on, uh, you know, preventative measures and investigating circumstances and, like, trying to change policy versus, like, this gruesome serial killer is... Uh, it does seem like the most Canadian thing in the world. Like if you compare it, like if you compare it to like Quincy, right? Where it's like there's a murderer, like we will catch the murderer, we will punish him, we will yeah. put him in jail. And then the Canadian version is like, oh, like perhaps a, a gradual social improvement with all this. <laughs> and, and also let's, on this show, let's get to work on a bylaw. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like that's so that's so sweet. I mean, I you know it's wonderful. And there are moments in the show where uh, the guilt. The guilty party is not clear. Like, it's ambiguous what happened, who is in right. the wrong. And maybe social conditions are to blame. Probably. <laughs> Which also, that wouldn't, you know, wouldn't happen on Quincy. Yeah. Be like, goes to jail. I, I, I might be remembering Quincy wrong, but nah, who cares? My memories of Quincy are what matter. Yes, you, sir. Uh, did, you, did you end up graduating? Did you end up graduating? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. What is it? Are you like, are you, are you of the belief that like, the young people who watch television generally don't graduate from college? It's, it really rots their brain. Why, why did you ask? Are you, uh, I was curious in what you studied. Do you want to know what she studied? But, oh, you were working your way up to that? You were like easing into it? You didn't want to ask the tough question first. But we'll let you. What, what did you study? <laughs> uh, s- studio arts. Studio arts. So he's like, oh yeah, okay. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's one where you can watch TV and graduate. He's <laughs> nodding. Um, the, the gentleman in the black shirt over there, yeah. Uh, do you have a show to help ease the transition between now and when your strongly worded letter is received? Do you have a, sh- a show that you watch while you wait for Da Vinci's Inquest to go back on the air? <laughs> I mean, there are some great bad daily shows. I mean, that's the thing with, with shows that air every day is they're not that good a lot of the time. I, I mean, I think the reasonable solution is like, get a regular job, Bridget. <laughs> so, I'm considering that also. So, you feel, so when you go to the job interview and you, they'll be like, they'll be like, why do you want this job? And you'll be like, I'm sick and tired of, of being subject to the vagaries of television. <laughs> Not that yeah. I'm sick and tired, but that uh, you know this thing has been taken away from me, and my way of dealing with it is by distracting myself with this job. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So there is no. <laughs> so there is no. All right, all right, you, ma'am. Yes. So if you could write yourself into the show as a character, who would you be, and what would your storyline? And just for the sake of argument, if you could write yourself into the show, let's say as one character, like like if it were a regular show, who would you? What would you be, and what would your storyline be? In this show? Yeah, Da Vinci's Inquest. <laughs> no, <laughs> right, in that we're show. talking about. Um, oh, yeah. You know what? Maybe. Uh, maybe a police officer which feels weird for for me because not that I love cops not that I hate all cops but you're not one you're not a cop right so it would be a stretch and I feel like um, yeah they in the show they get to be fairly complex people uh, dealing with corruption and then what would happen to you so you're a cop oh just like I see some stuff and I'm like oh that's not that's not okay. <laughs> so, so, once again, uh, to help to help form my picture of the show as a Canadian as a Canadian crime show, yeah. you would be a cop who sees something where there's some room for improvement. Where you, yeah, where you... yeah, and then I would like talk to some people. I might form a committee. Right, and, and contribute 
to contribute to some eventual long-term change that yeah. if we're all patient and work Absolutely. together. Absolutely, yeah. Awesome. Um, uh, yes, you, sir, yes. Um, can you offer some perspective as to why the show never was a commercial success? Why was the show never a commercial success? Apart from the, the, the you've already alluded to like how maybe inquests aren't the most Apart from everything about the show. But... <laughs> I'm, I'm paraphrasing. I mean, it, it aired on the CBC, which kind of, I think, makes that difficult, but it was picked up in syndication by several American networks and has really? a pretty big American following. There are lots of message boards you can look at where people just talk about stuff that they like about it. I'm going to drop your question and ask about the message boards instead. <laughs> sure. What? Are, what? Are, tell me about. What, okay. So. So wait. So wait. Okay. okay my, my, no. So. So you think. So. So it was. It was. So you think it was on this. I'm. I'm just so excited. <laughs> yeah. When you described. When you described watching the two episodes at once. This yeah. is what it's like for me. I have two questions in my head. Uh, so wait. So we actually don't know why it wasn't more popular. Is it just because that's not a good thing? Like people don't want to watch a show about inquest. I mean, it lasted seven seasons. To me, that's fairly. Successful. I think that's a pretty quick cancellation for the CBC. Like, I think it takes the CBC. But then. I think that's the fastest they can make a decision on anything. But then Chris Haddock, the creator of the show, did another show, which some argue is a better show called Intelligence, and it only lasted two seasons, and that was like pushing it. All right, okay, so, so, so we don't know. So maybe it wasn't such a failure. Maybe it was around for a while, lasted longer than some other shows. And now tell me about the message boards. <laughs> uh, there exist message boards uh, populated by mostly Americans who say things like, we don't have shows like this. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's another one. I mean, a lot of them were really active in, say, like 2007 to... <laughs> and now just kind of exist as a nice archive. Uh, and there's one, another one that's like, oh, I finally found a copy of the theme song from Da Vinci's Inquest, and I'm so excited, I'm gonna, I made it into a ringtone, and what a day. <laughs> and there's that, you, you, but you don't have, so you go on those matches, but you don't, you don't, do, you don't conduct like friendships or anything. No, not, uh, no, because like I don't that. think there are any like currently active message that boards. That makes it even sadder. It's yeah. so, like not only is the show canceled, but now even the message boards you just sort of do occasionally go in and like relive yeah, to like, see, like the, the, the happy days of 2006 <laughs> when people were still talking about Da Vinci's Inquest. Yeah, or like to see has oh has anyone said anything on the IMDb page? Right. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Sucks that it's still not on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, any other any other questions? Uh, 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 yes, you in the darkness. I can't see you very well. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, the show sounds like a really beautiful allegory for Canada and this like Quincy Emmy meets Coronation Street. But I'm, I'm, like in the minds of the creators when they were making the show, I think that they wanted to create something like that like, really tackled social issues like law and order, or was it more like all these sensational tabloid like a CSI or a law? So the question was, was it meant to be a serious show like Law and Order or a pulpy show like CSI or, or the other Law and Order? But wait, the question was, what, like, that's meant, what, do you think that were the creators like trying to tackle social issues? Is that your question? Were the creators trying to tackle social issues? I think 
Well, I think... To educate or to entertain? Whether, be it to educate or to entertain, to broaden your question. All right. Well, I mean, I would argue both, obviously. But there, there is sort of this situation with the show where the first seasons, there's kind of more sensational elements. There's the only time we see serial killers are in the beginning, and you, you can tell it doesn't quite know what kind of show it wants to be. But then by the end, it's absolutely like a, an educational social issues show so it does all it does it does two things at, but it's, but it's, like definitely, it's definitely yeah meant to meant to meant to raise those issues for sure um uh uh, uh you sir yes yeah, so, uh, yeah. why do you think he uh is named da vinci why is he named da vinci uh, uh he's an italian gentleman whose father was a stonemason and uh that's about uh that's what I can draw from it, you know, these... <laughs> He's sort of a renaissance man, I guess. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel that's the answer you were hoping for, and not at all the answer that you believed. But I think, I think maybe, but I don't, maybe that, that pandering note seems like a good uh, place to end, so let's wrap it up there. Ladies and gentlemen, Bridget Moser, ladies and gentlemen. Trampling Hall was created in Toronto in the 21st century by Sheila Hetty and is hosted by me. This episode's lecture was chosen by Lauren Bride. The podcast is produced by Josh Block. Our theme music was composed by Matt Smith. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can also find us on Twitter and on Facebook. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can really help us out by leaving a rating or a review on iTunes. It really helps us out a lot. I'm Misha Gloverman. Thanks for listening. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.